chapter one of the pilot by james fenimore cooper this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter one sullen waves incessant rolling rudely dashed against her sides song a single glance at the map will make the reader acquainted with the position of the eastern coast of the island of great britain as connected with the shores of the opposite continent together they form the boundaries of the small sea that has for ages been known to the world as the scene of maritime exploits and as the great avenue through which commerce and war have conducted the fleets of the northern nations of europe over this sea the islanders long asserted a jurisdiction exceeding that which reason concedes to any power on the highway of nations and which frequently led to conflicts that caused an expenditure of blood and treasure utterly disproportioned to the advantages that can ever arise from the maintenance of a useless and abstract right it is across the waters of this disputed ocean that we shall attempt to conduct our readers selecting a period for our incidents that has a peculiar interest for every american not only because it was the birthday of his nation but because it was also the era when reason and common sense began to take the place of custom and feudal practices in the management of the affairs of nations soon after the events of the revolution had involved the kingdoms of france and spain and the republics of holland in our quarrel a group of laborers was collected in a field that lay exposed to the winds of the ocean on the northeastern coast of england these men were lightening their toil and cheering the gloom of a day in december by uttering their crude opinions on the political aspects of the times the fact that england was engaged in a war with some of her dependencies on the other side of the atlantic had long been known to them after the manner that faint rumors of distant and uninteresting events gain on the ear but now that nations with whom she had been used to battle were armed against her in the quarrel the din of war had disturbed the quiet even of these secluded and illiterate rustics the principal speakers on the occasion were a scotch drover who was waiting the leisure of the occupant of the fields and an irish labourer who had found his way across the channel and thus far over the island in quest of employment the nagers wouldn't have been a job at all for old england letting alone ireland said the latter if these french and spanishers hadn't been troubling themselves in the matter i'm sure it's but little reason i have for thanking them if a man is to cape as sober as a priest at mass for fear he should find himself a soldier and he knowing nothing about the same hoot mon ye ken but little of raising an army in ireland if ye mak a drum o ye whisky keg said the drover winking to the listeners new in the north they ca a gatherin of the folk and follow the pipes as graciously as ye wad journey kirkward o our sabbath morn i've seen other names a a heelin ragement on a small bit of paper that ye might cover wi a lady's hand the war o camerons and macdonalds though they paraded six hundred men but what ha ye gotten here that shield has an our liking to the land for a seafaring body and if the bottom o the sea be onything like the top o't 
he's in grat danger a a shipwreck this unexpected change in the discourse drew all eyes on the object toward which the staff of the observant drover was pointed to the utter amazement of every individual present a small vessel was seen moving slowly round a point of land that formed one of the sides of the little bay to which the field the labourers were in composed the other there was something very peculiar in the externals of this unusual visitor which added in no small degree to the surprise created by her appearance in that retired place none but the smallest vessels and those rarely or at long intervals a desperate smuggler were ever known to venture so close to the land amid the sandbars and sunken rocks with which that immediate coast abounded the adventurous mariners who now attempted this dangerous navigation in so wanton and apparently so heedless a manner were in a low black schooner whose hull seemed utterly disproportioned to the raking masts it upheld which in their turn supported a lighter set of spars that tapered away until their upper extremities appeared no larger than the lazy pennant that in vain endeavoured to display its length in the light breeze the short day of that high northern latitude was already drawing to a close and the sun was throwing its parting rays obliquely across the waters touching the gloomy waves here and there with streaks of pale light the stormy winds of the german ocean were apparently lulled to rest and though the incessant rolling of the surge on the shore heightened the gloomy character of the hour and the view the light ripple that ruffled the sleeping billows was produced by a gentle air that blew directly from the land notwithstanding this favourable circumstance there was something threatening in the aspect of the ocean which was speaking in hollow but deep murmurs like a volcano on the eve of an eruption that greatly heightened the feelings of amazement and dread with which the peasants beheld this extraordinary interruption to the quiet of their little bay with no other sail spread to the action of the air than her heavy mainsail and one of those light jibs that projected far beyond her bows the vessel glided over the water with a grace and facility that seemed magical to the beholders who turned their wondering looks from the schooner to each other in silent amazement at length the drover spoke in a low solemn voice he's a bold shield that steers her and if that bit craft has wood in her bottom like the brigantines that ply between lunnon and the frith at leith he's in mare danger than a prudent mon could wish ay he's by the big rock that shows his head when the tide runs low but it's no mortal man who can steer long in the road he's journeying and not speedily find land will water atop it the little schooner however still held her way among the rocks and sand-pits making such slight deviations in her course as proved her to be under the direction of one who knew his danger until she entered as far into the bay as prudence could at all justify when her canvas was gathered into folds seemingly without the agency of hands and the vessel after rolling for a few minutes on the long billows that hove in from the ocean swung round in the currents of the tide and was held by her anchor the peasants now began to make their conjectures more freely concerning the character and object of their visitor some intimating that she was engaged in contraband trade 
and others that her views were hostile and her business war a few dark hints were hazarded on the materiality of her construction for nothing of artificial formation it was urged would be ventured by men in such a dangerous place at a time when even the most inexperienced landsman was enabled to foretell the certain gale the scotchman who to all the sagacity of his countrymen added no small portion of their superstition leaned greatly to the latter conclusion and had begun to express this sentiment warily with reverence when the child of erin who appeared not to possess any very definite ideas on the subject interrupted him by exclaiming faith there's two of em a big and a little sure the boggles of the say likes good company the same as any other christians tway echoed the drover tway ill luck bides us some o' ye tway craft a sailing without hand to guide them in sick a place as this war eyesight is nay good enough to show the dangers bodes evil to a that luik thereon hoot she's na yearling the thither luik mon luik she's a gallant boat and a grat he paused raised his pack from the ground and first giving one searching look at the objects of his suspicions he nodded with great sagacity to the listeners and continued as he moved slowly towards the interior of the country i should not wonder if she carried king george's commission aboot her weel weel i wool journey upward to the town and hae a crack wi' the good mon for they craft have a suspicious aspect and the the small bit thing wool nab a mon quite easy and the big ain would hold us a uh, and no feel we war in her this sagacious warning caused a general movement in the party for the intelligence of a hot press was among the rumours of the times the husbandmen collected their implements of labour and retired homewards though many a curious eye was bent on the movements of the vessels from the distant hills but very few of those not immediately interested in the mysterious visitors ventured to approach the little rocky cliffs that lined the bay the vessel that occasioned these cautious movements was a gallant ship whose huge hull lofty masts and square yards loomed in the evening's haze above the sea like a distant mountain rising from the deep she carried but little sail and though she warily avoided the near approach to the land that the schooner had attempted the similarity of their movements was sufficiently apparent to warrant the conjecture that they were employed on the same duty the frigate for the ship belonged to this class of vessels floated across the entrance of the little bay majestically in the tide with barely enough motion through the water to govern her movements until she arrived opposite to the place where her consort lay when she hove up heavily into the wind squared the enormous yards on her mainmast and attempted in counteracting the power of her sails by each other to remain stationary but the light air that had at no time swelled her heavy canvas to the utmost began to fail and the long waves that rolled in from the ocean ceased to be ruffled with the breeze from the land the currents and the billows were fast sweeping the frigate towards one of the points of the estuary where the black heads of the rocks could be seen running far into the sea and in their turn the mariners of the ship dropped an anchor to the bottom and drew her sails in festoons to the yards as the vessel swung round to the tide a heavy ensign was raised to her peak and a 
current of air opening for a moment its folds the white field and red cross that distinguished the flag of england were displayed to view so much even the wary drover had loitered at a distance to behold but when a boat was launched from either vessel he quickened his steps observing to his wondering and amused companions that they craft were avagither mere bonny to luik on than to abide with a numerous crew manned the barge that was lowered from the frigate which after receiving an officer with an attendant youth left the ship and moved with a measured stroke of its oars directly towards the head of the bay as it passed at a short distance from the schooner a light whaleboat pulled by four athletic men shot from her side and rather dancing over than cutting through the waves crossed her course with a wonderful velocity as the boats approached each other the men in obedience to signals from their officers suspended their efforts and for a few minutes they floated at rest during which time there was the following dialogue is the old man mad exclaimed the young officer in the whaleboat when his men had ceased rowing does he think that the bottom of the aerial is made of iron and that a rock can't knock a hole in it or does he think she is manned with alligators who can't be drowned a languid smile played for a moment round the handsome features of the young man who was rather reclining than sitting in the stern sheets of the barge as he replied he knows your prudence too well captain barnstable to fear either the wreck of your vessel or the drowning of her crew how near the bottom does your keel lie i'm afraid to sound returned barnstable i've never the heart to touch a lead line when i see the rocks coming up to breathe like so many porpoises you are afloat exclaimed the other with a vehemence that denoted an abundance of latent fire afloat echoed his friend ay the little ariel would float in air as he spoke he rose in the boat and lifting his leathern sea-cap from his head stroked back the thick clusters of black locks which shadowed his sunburnt countenance while he viewed his little vessel with the complacency of a seaman who was proud of her qualities but it's close work mr griffith when a man rides to a single anchor in a place like this and at such a nightfall what are the orders i shall pull into the surf and let go a grapnel you will take mr mary into your whaleboat and try to drive her through the breakers on the beach beach retorted barnstable do you call a perpendicular rock of a hundred feet in height a beach we shall not dispute about terms said griffith smiling but you must manage to get on the shore we have seen the signal from the land and know that the pilot whom we have so long expected is ready to come off barnstable shook his head with a grave air as he muttered to himself this is droll navigation first we run into an unfrequented bay that is full of rocks and sand-pits and shoals and then we get off our pilot but how am i to know him mary will give you the password and tell you where to look for him i would land myself but my orders forbid it if you meet with difficulty show three oar-blades in a row and i will pull in to your assistance three oars on end and a pistol will bring the fire of my muskets and the signal repeated from the barge will draw a shot from the ship i thank you i thank you said barnstable carelessly i believe i can fight my own battles against all the enemies we are likely to fall in with on this coast but the old man is surely mad i would you would obey his orders if he were here and you will now please to obey mine said griffith in a tone that the friendly expression of his eye contradicted 
pull in and keep a lookout for a small man in a drab peak jacket mary will give you the word if he answer it bring him off to the barge the young men now nodded familiarly and kindly to each other and the boy who was called mr mary having changed his place from the barge to the whaleboat barnstable threw himself into his seat and making a signal with his hand his men again bent to their oars the light vessel shot away from her companion and dashed in boldly towards the rocks after skirting the shore for some distance in quest of a favourable place she was suddenly turned and dashing over the broken waves was run upon a spot where a landing could be effected in safety in the meantime the barge followed these movements at some distance with a more measured progress and when the whaleboat was observed to be drawn up alongside of a rock the promised grapnel was cast into the water and her crew deliberately proceeded to get their firearms in a state for immediate service everything appeared to be done in obedience to strict orders that must have been previously communicated for the young man who has been introduced to the reader by the name of griffith seldom spoke and then only in the pithy expressions that are apt to fall from those who are sure of obedience when the boat had brought up to her grapnel he sunk back at his length on the cushioned seats of the barge and drawing his hat over his eyes in a listless manner he continued for many minutes apparently absorbed in thoughts altogether foreign to his present situation occasionally he rose and would first bend his looks in quest of his companions on the shore and then turning his expressive eyes toward the ocean the abstracted and vacant air that so often usurped the place of animation and intelligence in his countenance would give place to the anxious and intelligent look of a seaman gifted with an experience beyond his years his weather-beaten and hardy crew having made their dispositions for offence sat in profound silence with their hands thrust into the bosoms of their jackets but with their eyes earnestly regarding every cloud that was gathering in the threatening atmosphere and exchanging looks of deep care whenever the boat rose higher than usual on one of those long heavy ground swells that were heaving in from the ocean with increasing rapidity and magnitude End of chapter one